the copy. Roger, I never got any words back. Uh, we're supposed to do that uh, APU thermal, uh, whatever it is. Last week from the Near Future Laboratory, episode 005, let's go. It's Friday, November 24th, 2023. The laboratory is out here in Palm Springs, relocated temporarily to harden ourselves for the opening of the holiday season and reestablish communications with family and loved ones. Oh, but first, I want to let you know that over at shop.nearfuturelaboratory.com, we're doing free shipping through this week. Just use the code IMAGINEHARDER, all one word, to get 100% free shipping on everything over there in the shop. Okay, so on my way to Detroit to do that design fiction workshop at Cranbrook Academy of Art, my podcast, Algorithmic Intelligence, queued up the Ezra Klein podcast, inconveniently not numbered, with an old grad school chum of mine, Alondra Nelson. Alondra was talking to Ezra about the AI Bill of Rights, which recently got, I don't know what happens to these things, deployed or introduced. It's not really a bill, is it? Sometimes it's referred to as a blueprint, which seems more like a wish list or something. Doesn't matter. In any case, my mind wandered away from the discussion because I stopped really feeling into the worlds that these two intelligent humans were describing with words. I couldn't really get a vivid sense of the worlds they were imagining that would be framed by this blueprint. And towards the end of their conversation, Alondra says this. I think that we are building affirmative vision around this. For us not to be able to say what we want, what we're moving towards to build a society in which people can thrive, and we should certainly maybe talk a little bit about jobs and work in which we're going to imagine less exploitative work. I do think that there are various efforts going on um, that begin to articulate that kind of affirmative vision that you're asking for and that I'm asking for. There are these metaphors of saying, which implies articulation in the form of structured sentences. Now, Alondra is incredibly intelligent, very articulate, and has a PhD, as do I, and I'm only saying that because we were both trained to use language in the form of structuring of words as a primary mode of conveying ideas and knowledge. And we were both trained in similar practices, technology and society, technology and culture, anthropology and knowledge, science and technology policy, the consciousness around technology and its integration into our lives, how we make sense of the world through technology, and we've been biased towards using words as a means of expression of thought. Now, I'm not against this in any way. I've also learned, though, alongside of that, the power of expressing thought through other means, things that can be felt and made sense of otherwise to augment the words. This is the basis of design fiction. It's the material representation and prototyping of possible futures in the form of speculative artifacts. It's like imagining that you're an archaeologist, but rather than digging into the past to find implications of worlds, you dig into the future to find the symptoms of ideas and decisions we make today in material form. And if we think about things for which blueprints are created, we first think about structures and habitats. At least I do. Blueprints are these material artifacts, these paper plans associated with architecture and the architecture who makes the blueprints. All these words, though, all the statements and policy implications laid out in this blueprint for an AI Bill of Rights. What does all this mean for us mere mortals who will occupy and inhabit and work within and educate ourselves within this world where there's some kind of Bill of Rights that determines what our relationships might be between each other, between us and a federation of algorithms, and the entities that have rights over, around, and above us. You don't get that from reading this thing. It's pretty terse, and it's long. It's a 73-page PDF. The entire United States Constitution, including the 10 amendments that co constitute the Norma Bill of Rights, fits into a 17-page PDF. And that's with We the People written out in 144-point font. This AI Bill of Rights is not illustrative of the world. So what's my point here? Well, it's not to diminish the good work of the Office of Science and Technology Policy. It's to say that this work should be for the people, 
This AI Bill of Rights should speak to us, tell a richer story that is something we can feel into, augmented with a vivid sense of what the intent and desire of the world would feel like to inhabit that's represented by this AI Bill of Rights. So what does this mean? How can we augment a blueprint for an AI Bill of Rights? And that brings me to this document. It's called Space Settlements, and it's ancient. It's from 1973. It was commissioned by NASA, the culmination of some heady engineering research and seminars held at Stanford University. The objective was to do some deep engineering analysis of space settlements. Yep, research from an engineering perspective of humans living in space. I came across this document when I was in high school. We had access to Firestone Library on the campus of Princeton University, and I don't know, I was wandering around the stacks and happened to find it. What drew me to it was this beautifully vivid illustrations are scattered throughout the book. I'm sure you've seen them in one place or another, but in here, they start to create a space into which a young high schooler, gradually finding a trajectory for himself and sensing into a world they are dreaming about and imagine they could help build, be a part of, integrated as an engineer perhaps, or pilot, or explorer of some sort, this is what this NASA report is contributing to. We're just full of words without anything beyond to help augment all these beautifully opaque engineering formulas and tables and graphs the report would not have served its purpose, which, presciently, was to not only summarize the engineering research and the work of the summit, but also to introduce the concept of space settlements to the general public. And it's a testament to its success that is this illustration that survives in our consciousness, even as most people will never know about all the words and terse engineering the document captured. They would likely not even know that this was commissioned by a government agency, it's fair to say. So why do I bring it up in this context? Well, I had a tiny revelation while sitting there in a seat at 34,000 feet, which was this. Find someone or some organization to commission the AI era equivalent of this NASA report. That is, to illustrate the worlds we imagine occupying when AI is as normal, ordinary, and everyday as electric toothbrushes with AI and Bluetooth connectivity and remote controls that we talk to to control our televisions. What is this world? And not just with prosaic stories or science fiction texts, but things we can see and feel. Artifacts brought back from this world, a report that includes a newspaper from the AI future that also indicates in a subtle and non-didactic way the implications of an AI Bill of Rights. Why a newspaper? Well, that's just one example of a kind of artifact that is legible, something that, as archaeologists digging around into the future, we might find. It's something that's more legible to a normal human and not a policy wonk. It speaks to we the people. In it, you can describe the news of the day. What are people concerned about? What are the newsworthy world events, cultural happenings, sports, wars, crime, weather, and how are these things reported? Is there an AI in the editorial board of the New York Times? Who or what just won an Academy Award? Who or what won a national election? What kinds of jobs are listed in the classified sections? A newspaper as but one example of vivid representation of the implications of an AI Bill of Rights tells a story to the people who inhabit an AI world in which such a Bill of rights or guiding policy document frames the cultural context. What about the commercial world that is actually constructing the AIs? What advertisements appear in the newspaper representing the profit seekers and others? How can a newspaper represent the challenges, updates, reinterpretations that potentially have effects that were unintended? Are you ready to do this? To create a translation of the AI Bill of Rights into a collection of design fiction artifacts like newspapers and magazines and handbooks and manuals? How can we work together to find the organizations that would support this effort? Drop me a line. Julian at nearfuturelaboratory.com. This has been episode 005 of Last Week from the Near Future. I'm Julian, and I'm out. Roger, I never got any words back. Uh, we're supposed to do that uh, APU thermal, uh, whatever it is, at two hours and